Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat at the last line of defence. And here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined for the first time in a while in person by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, it's so nice to see you. How are you? Very good, yeah. It's, it's nice nice to be in person. It's uh, one fewer tech <laughs> problem that can potentially go wrong. But yeah, it's it's... It's been a long time. Obviously, you, you spent you, you you spent some time living in Bristol. So did I. I moved to moved to London, and now you've made the the sensible decision in the interest of the the podcast only, in the interest of podcast continuity only, to to make the move as well. So yeah, strange to to be speaking to you in the flesh and not down a, a Zoom call. But 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 yeah, very nice change. Yeah, and yeah, I guess there's no more lagging, no more. Um, late podcast due to technical issues, and I get to see your lovely um, La- uh, Clement Auvergne hoodie in the person, and your Bath Rugby trackies, which is your podcast uniform, in person for a change. My podcast uniform—you don't normally see see below the waist, <laughs> and in the interest of this being a family show, I'll leave it at that. But um, yeah, my, my my podcast gear. Uh, usually in a in a in a bath shirt somewhere as well, but um, a little bit little bit too cold to to bring that one out this evening. Mm. And kind of, this is a first for this season, but unfortunately not a first for Bath Rugby uh, of the season on Friday night. Tom, of course, the the ninth defeat of the season to to Exeter Chiefs. Um, recording a few days after that, have you have you got over the the late disappointment of that one yet? Well, we we just watched the the game back, didn't we? Having watched it on Friday night, obviously a few a few days have have passed since then, and we we watched it over over a nice bit of dinner just now. Watched the watched the full game in a much less you know emotional state, um, and you know it was still very tough. I mean, you're just tucking into a a strong coffee at, at ten to ten <laughs> in the evening as we record. So I think that that probably says all. All we need to know about your 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 state, but it was it was disappointing because I think it was a genuinely a, a really strong reaction to the three week break, to all the questions that have been asked, to the review that we'll we'll come on to, and you know for most of that game we played pretty good rugby. The defensive effort was immense, particularly by certain individuals. Set piece was was a lot better. Discipline continued to let us down, but I think overall against an exercise that has been struggling, but had. Guys coming back from international into that side, Henry Slade, Stuart Hogg, Sam Simmons, Dave Ewers back from injury as well. A very, very strong pack in particular. That was a pretty good effort. And there were moments in that game that didn't quite go our way um, and and bits that we gave to extra in that second half that meant we we they were able to score that late try. But that was a game where we very, very nearly won that and I think we should acknowledge that because that would have been a huge victory if we were just able to to get that mm. over the line so a massive improvement for me yeah I, th- I think it was an improvement and we're going to kind of want to talk about that game in a lot more depth also on this podcast we're going to talk about the the findings of the the internal review Tom it made me laugh that we did a podcast last week where we discussed the lack of news and then almost 24 hours later there was loads of news to talk about and it's taken us almost a week to to come back together but we are going to talk all about that internal review news 
Um, there's not loads of it, but I think it, some of it is important, um, and, and maybe there's more to it than than actually was revealed in in in, in the actual statement by Bath, which of course we're, we're going to come on to talk about in this podcast before looking ahead finally to the um, trip to Franklin's Gardens, to, to Northampton Saints, to, to hopefully chalk up our first win of the season. Um, and we'll discuss all about Northampton Saints and, and where perhaps there's a weakness um, and maybe where Bath can, can look to exploit those, those weaknesses, Tom. But where, where do you want to start? Should we start at the, the extra game or, or, or should we do it chronologically with the, with the, with the, with the review first and then the, the extra game? Why don't we go extra game, given it's given it's fresh in our minds, having having just watched it back. Okay, let, let let's go for it. And and I guess a more a more broad point first of all. Do you think Bath really improved, or do you think Exeter are are really struggling to to find their way in in this season, and that allowed Bath on on a cold night with Exeter a little bit rusty to to look better than they were? I think that I think that'll be harsh. I think it was it was as I say, it was a improved Exeter side. With with those those guys coming back into the side, obviously Bath had the the international the England guys return and Josh Bayless from Scotland as well, and the very very notable inclusion and return of Ben Spencer, who I know you'll you'll agree was I think a, a massively positive influence in 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 that side. But I think in the first in the first forty minutes we showed serious improvements. I think in 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 defence. First of all, I think we looked much more like a some sort of structured unit. I mean, if you look if you look at previous games, I mean Leicester conceding forty points, Gloucester seventy points, albeit in a in a different competition. Um, Harlequins thirty points, Saracens obviously before seventy one points. We've been shipping tries left, right, and centre in every which way, out wide, driving mall. Um, teams have, have, have found it way too easy to score, and there are a couple of things I think defensively that we we did well. We shaped up more as a um, a, a backline in and actually had some kind of structure rather than just flying up and making one up hits. But I think one thing we did really well in that first half was defended the the lineout more well. There were there were three or four disruptions of the extra lineout, which really kind of I think. Foiled some of their 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 well made plans about kicking to the corner and and driving over as they've done so many times. They shaped to kick for goal, for example, a few times, and I feel like we did kind of surprise them and we did kind of put them up their step a bit. So yeah, I think overall we 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 did we did show signs of improvements. Whether or not that was from having some of those personnel back, I think that definitely helped. But mm. definitely improvement improvement for me on on earlier games in the season. Yeah. I think without question an improvement. I do think we were helped by extra kicking for goal more more than than they probably should have done. Um, I know we did hold extra out on a couple of occasions in that first half, but I do feel as though an extra of old with 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 the confidence and with the setup that they had, and and, and maybe the, the 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 rule changes have had such an impact on them that they're never going to be the force they were. But I do think the extra of a few seasons by would have cons- you know persisted with the, the 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 tactic to go into the corner and and, and drive us over. Mm. And, and I'm not I've not seen enough. You know we saw spurts of it, but I've not seen enough of it this this season to suggest that we'd actually be able to hold that off on a consistent basis. One thing I was going to add, I did, wasn't really looking at my notes when I was rambling on there. One thing I was going to add that I, I to me, I, I don't think we've seen much of this, and this is an effective tactic in defence. There are a lot of double hits 
on the on the extra attackers. And I've said a number of occasions, whether it's Underhill, whether it's McNally, even Max Clark this season, the individual effort in defence you can't you can't fault. But I think maybe it was a tactic for Exeter, or maybe it's a bit of a change in our defence. But you saw guys doing the classic two man tackle, one guy low. One guy high. I saw on a couple of occasions with Lewis Boyce, Josh McNally, Sam Underhill, those kind of guys who were making those two-person hits. And as a result, just slamming the extra attackers back in um, when they had ball in hand. So I think that was another thing that I don't think we've seen seen so much. More of an actual coordinated effort hmm. to, try and, to try and defend as well. Yeah, I, th- I do think it was better. It, it definitely was it better. It looked desperate, the defence. It it it, to me, at times, it looked like a team. That knew that Hooper's balls, their balls, Tarquin's balls, loads of balls were on the line, and 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 maybe they are. You know, I mean, they, they may well be, but it, it looked like a proper team that was backs against the walls now and desperate to try and to try and get a result. And I think, yeah, I think that 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 was a change to when perhaps in in particularly in the early games of the season we were coast coasting a little bit. Mm. Three visits to. R22 extra had in that first half and and yeah they did come out with with no points but but if that had been six visits which it could have been I do think they they maybe get one or or two tries if if they're not choosing to to kick it sticks and and I think we were personally I think we were Exeter allowed us to, to to look better than we were by the fact that they're just so low on confidence and 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 and, and so low on confidence adapting to to these new rules but that isn't to say that the bath weren't weren't better and but they're still fourth in the league yeah you know, the, for an, for extra standards they're low on confidence and 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 that kind of thing but they're still one of the top teams mm. in the league with a lot of world world class players henry Slade's world class Stuart hogg's world class wow they, they, these were guys who are returning and adding to that team they're fourth in the league and mm. um, we 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 played much better rugby and outdid them in that in that first half. So I think maybe that's a little bit harsh. But I don't know if we outdid them in that first half. You know, I, I think it was a pretty even game, and I think that is Bath probably playing at their best. And I think that's Exeter not playing at their best, and I, I think that meant it was an even game. Um, but I'm not I'm not saying it was an improvement from from some of the performances for sure. I'm not sure it was necessarily as good as. As, as as perhaps it, it it would have been if we were playing a more confident and more clinical side. Yeah, we, look, we, we we lost the game. We're bottom of the league. They're fourth in the league, and I think with with the form book considered, with previous meetings considered, with the guys that they had come back considered, I think we can, we we can be pretty proud of that that first forty minutes. To be honest, there were guys that stood up massively. Lewis Boyce, particularly in the set piece, was immense. Dominating, um, who is it? Yosefa, whatever his name is, he's 130 odd kilograms, 21 stone in in old money. So I, I, I think we can be proud of that first half. But as you say, the, the 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 game's not won in that first half, and we didn't get far enough ahead um, to to make any sort of any sort of dominance dominance pay. What did you make of the the scrum battle, Tom? I, I think in the end on. Um, on the penalty count, it was pretty even. Obviously, extra that crucial one, mm. that crucial penalty right at the end of the game. But I think it was probably four penalties to three. What did you make of that that scrum battle? So we we were brilliant early doors. We mm. were we looked properly coordinated. Um, we were we were going straight through the middle. We were 
making the referee very, very easy for us to, to give give us penalties. Lewis Boyce is a guy who I'm a massive, massive fan of. Maybe he's he's scrummaging for, for a new contract, as we discussed last week, but he and Will Stewart, who probably has a little bit of a point to prove after what's been a little bit of a disappointing autumn in in in, in different colours for him. And I think that those two guys were were immense. As the game progressed, Exeter rung the changes and brought on brought on fresh legs. Lewis Boyce and, and Will Stewart, I think, played the, the full 80 than both. And Jacques Toy only came on for Tom Dunn very late on in the game, I think 73rd, 74th minute. So that's, you don't often see that. Mm. And I think that possibly, you know, they started to get, they started to get tired. They started to get fatigued with the fresher guys coming on. The, you know, the, it, it started to turn around. And as you say, that was poorly timed because that, that scrum at the end where, we were completely dominated by Harry Williams and co. It was our ball on the five meter line, and they just pushed us over in kind of schoolboy fashion. And that was a that was a massive moment because they, you know, they, wow. they 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 won the penalty from the high tackle and ultimately ultimately scored from that. So yeah. I think it, yeah, it's it, it, it was it was it was really promising, but they they couldn't quite hold on for the the, the full eighty minutes and and perhaps should have should have been replaced even for the less experienced guys. Yeah. I think Vaughan actually came on. Oh, you're right, Vaughan. Yeah, I think Vaughan actually came on. But, but yeah, whilst Stewart was not replaced by someone of, of lower quality, quality than him, I, I do think that that eventually told at, at the end of the game. It was game still on and, 72 minutes. Yeah, but I think that those key scrums at the end were, were with Vaughan and a very tired Stewart and, and Detoy, And I think that ultimately told. Um, but it's very difficult... Very difficult to know what to do in that instance, isn't it? To to keep on your tired, ultimately better, more experienced players, or to replace them with fresh, inexperienced, lesser players. Um, and I think one thing we saw in a different position, a position I'm, I'm more, um, you know, adept at, uh, at well, adept at playing at a, a position that I focus on more, I guess, in the halfbacks was was we saw that. Hooper and Hatley chose to replace the more experienced options. Um, well, no, not actually more experienced in, in, in fly half. Um, uh, sorry, I'm trying to make this analogy work. But basically, they decided to take off Simpson and Bailey on 60 minutes, replace them with with Simpson and um, sorry Spencer and Bailey, replacing with Simpson and Cipriani. And for me, that had absolutely dire, dire consequences. And and and, and I think Tom, I'm not sure what you think, but I, but I think the game turned on on that moment. Uh, I, I we're watching it back there, and I think you know you you've drawn you you've drawn that as kind of a moment where where the game completely changed. I think I think it was a it was a it was a poor decision to take off Orlando Bailey because he looked to me he looked he looked pretty comfortable, and he is. You know he, he he's starting to kick well from the tee. He's, he's gone eight mm. consecutive kicks, having having been a bit bit ropey um, in, in in early parts of the season. I think he's really growing confidence and growing into the role. And I think it was baffling to bring on a, a Cipriani who who doesn't look fit, doesn't look at the races, doesn't look interested at times. To be honest, um, I think with 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 Spencer, obviously having only played two games this season, and and then faced faced the layoff through injury he he to me was starting to look a little bit a little bit fatigued he he was he was kind of struggling to inject the same zip and get to the the breakdown as quick as he normally does 
And so I can I can understand why he was replaced with Joe Simpson, who, let's not forget, I mean, he's he's a 12, 13 year season player in the premiership. He's played he, he's he's he, you know, he's 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 represented England. Um he's 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 a decent operator, and I know no one is. I know no one is 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 a uh, is, is anything in your eyes compared to Ben Spencer. But I I think Joe Simpson's a decent player, and I I don't think that was necessarily the wrong call to take off Spencer when they did. Isn't isn't there a reason he's on two short term loan deals this season, Joe Simpson? Like isn't isn't there a reason for that that he can't get a, uh, you know a full a, a contract for the full season? Well, and I, didn't we see that in the last twenty minutes of that game? I don't think so. I mean, he played. What did he play? He played the full eighty. Yeah, he, play, he played the full. Yeah, he played the full eighty against Harlequins in um, the game. The game about a month or so ago, and I thought he he acquitted himself fairly well. I mean, you were one of the guys saying after that 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 game that he was he was he, he was kind of refreshing mm. change oh. to Ollie Fox <laughs> and, and Max Green. So I I think I, I think that's harsh on him. Um, and I, I also think that it's easy, you know, correlations, not causation. And I don't, I think that that sub, those substitutions also coincided with Exeter starting to turn the screw in the way that they they've done so often. And it also coincided with us starting to give away more penalties in our own half, us starting to get turned over more on a more regular basis. And so I think you can you can point to those two things as the the cause, but I think actually maybe the writing was on the wall to a to a certain degree and there were there were there were bigger bigger issues at play potentially. Mm. I think it also coincided with us then able to get out of our half because the, the half backs for me weren't up for it weren't up to it in that last twenty minutes. Um and yeah I think you you've evaluated the, the Cipriani situation absolutely perfectly. To me he looks like a fan who's won a competition to play fly half. <laughs> uh, I I th- yeah no more of that from, uh, and I, I, I don't think it'd be too soon. Um, but I also think Tom it coincided with 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 one of the biggest moments of the game, which was Max Ajoma, friend of the podcast, Max Ajoma, um, so for some reason passing a try up um, when Jonathan Joseph made that lovely kick over the top. Ajoma gathered it, and Hogg obviously just goes for the intercept, and and. The angle we had watching on BT Sport, you could see it just perfectly. And, and obviously, it's so much more difficult when you're Max Ajoma gathering that ball at full speed and, and your instant reaction is just to draw the man. But that was such a big moment because he's under the sticks there um, and, and, and kind of he's putting us, I think, 10 points ahead at, at that point or seven points ahead. And, and yeah, that, the changes and the issues at the scrum on 63 minutes was just such a big, big kind of moment and, and big change in the game yeah you know the, the the first thing to say is that you know I would have butchered that 100 times out of 100 <laughs> maybe 99 times out of 100 no, you're getting it but no, right, so I would have dropped the ball <laughs> but um, you know I think at that point it's it's 13 all it shouldn't have been 13 all because we'd worked so hard at the end of that first half to hold out Exeter on our own line as we've done so many times, conceded right before half time, we've held them out. That's a really positive momentum to take into that that half time dressing room. And then straight after half time, mm. we've we've oh, conceded yeah. the penalty from the kickoff, and we've we've let extra score in the forty second minute. So all that hard work's undone. They've then got a another penalty. So it's thirteen all. But then 
we have the majority of of the ball in that in that kind of third quarter. We're we're looking good. We're on we're on top. Extra are sucking up a lot of pressure, take, doing a lot of work defensively, and you just felt like the next material score, the next try would probably shift the balance of the game. And yeah, I had had a few good phases. Lovely kick through. Two nice kicks actually through from from Jonathan Joseph, um, and. Yeah, Jomo links onto it really, really well, and you can tell he, you know, he's he's obviously selfless. He's he's still a senior academy player. He wants to give it inside to Muir, and Stuart Hogg's just right in between him. Not not really picked to tackle either person, and just managed to kind of tap it up in the air. Um, but it's something that happens so quickly, and when you watch it in slow motion, it looks it looks like it's so easy. But yeah, it, it's devastating because you you felt like that would have that would have made Exeter try and chase us a little bit. Whereas as it was, they were able to kind of stay level and kind of, as I say, turn the screw a little bit in the way they do. And we, we just weren't far enough at 16-13 when we got the subsequent penalty. We weren't far enough away to, to, to kind of make them, make them change that approach. Yeah, it, was a mass, it, it definitely felt like such a big sort of five minutes around that 60-65 minute mark. And yeah, ultimately, I think that was the period that the decided the game. I think something that, that maybe went slightly under the radar, which which had a big influence on the game, Tom was Miles Reed. Miles Reed, yeah. yeah, losing Miles Reed, who scored I think, a good try, yeah, scored a good try, and, and I think was really really um, important in our early defensive performance. Um, and I think you know not to, to to swing too negative on this, but but I think the guy who we brought on in Tom Ellis in the back row. I think that ultimately paid, especially when looking at that that Sam Simmons try, the, the deciding try under the posts at the end. Tom Ellis, a guy that I don't think you think is even a back rower. No, I've been saying this for weeks, and I don't know. I mean, if the kind of defence coach stuff's anything to catch up with, I don't know how long it's going to take for Bath to, to cotton on because he's 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 an effective player. He's he, I, I genuinely think he's a good he's a good line up forward. He's big enough to be a second row. He weighs more than Charlie Yules does. He 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 can tackle. I mean, you have to look at Nemanja Andolo in, uh, in in the game against Tigers. He can really whack. His work rate's decent. It's 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 decent enough to be a mobile second row. But yeah, I, I just don't think he's a, he's he's a back row. And that scrum is a little bit difficult because he can't. Where from his position, it kind of wheels slightly, and so he can't really see Simmons pick up. Simmons is also very very quick, and Ellis knows that if he takes his shoulder out of the the left um, cheek of of Will Vaughan, he knows that the scrum just folds and it, it goes right back. So it is difficult, but he is he is too slow. And I, I, yeah, as I say, I don't I don't think he's 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 a back row. But I, I do think that. It was it was kind of part of the bigger, um, the, you know, that as I say, extra starting to come back into the game. We gave them a few turnovers and a few penalties in that last quarter, which just gave them a few opportunities. That being obviously the the, the killer blow to to get back in the game and get ahead. You know, the the big one I remember, or, or two I remember really. So one with. Again, Max Ajoma, not to not to want to mention him again after all the great stuff he's done this season, but him kind of running back and the extra scrum half Sam Maunder having the, taking the opportunity just to chuck it into him and and win and win that penalty. Then we managed to get the the held up from that subsequent line out, and you know it's a, it's a great defensive effort. But then again, they get the ball in our in our half and we give away uh, an offside penalty. 
which is so close to an extra knock-on, but we're just a fraction offside. And then there's a bit of back chat or kicking the ball away. We give away 10 yards and allow them to kick down into that corner. And it's just it's moments like that. And obviously we're going through the game, game in, in minute detail, having just watched it again. But there were a few moments for me in that last 20 that just showed tiredness, showed mental fatigue, physical, physical fatigue, and discipline lets down again. And when you look at the penalty count, 17 penalties versus eight in the game, 14 of those 17 in our own half. And you can't you can't not take your chances and expect to win the game when you're when 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 you're bleeding penalties like that. Yeah, I think ten, isn't it, is the the widely recognised figure that if you're under ten you'll win most games of rugby mm-hmm. and, and, and the moment you start to drift about into the teens and 17 and our average is, is <sighs> our average is just shot 16 for the season <laughs> oh, that's why we've lost eight, eight game one nine games is it eight games now. Well, nine now eight in the prem yeah so um might have something might have something to do with it and yeah you felt like it was a team that that knew how to win and i never really know what that means but it did feel like that an extra team that have won a lot of games recently Backs against the wall a little bit, but they knew what they needed to do in the key moments. And a Bath team, which obviously knows how to lose, and that just that paid out yeah. kind of hugely. We're de- we're desperate. We're we're looking. We're you know we're we're looking to get anything. We're looking to feed on scraps. But when you're trying to do that, ultimately you can you can try too hard. You can get on the wrong side of the referee. And if we if we'd cut those penalties down, even by even by you know six or seven, as you say. It, it probably would have been a very, very different game, particularly if we've managed to to take that that opportunity in the second half. So, yeah, it, it's gutting because I think, as I say, we're we're so close from talking. We're really close from from talking about a win here. And then to me, the picture would 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 be quite different. And you only one win to to start to turn stuff around. But ultimately, you know, we can we can we can say that all we want. It's a it's another loss. Um, it's a losing bonus point, yeah, which you know I love. Say, but uh, it's 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 yeah, it's, it's it's not enough, sadly. And and the fixtures aren't kind for us for the next few weeks. Well, no, Europe starts pretty soon. That could get that could, that could get. Quite I think grisly. I'm going to hibernate for that. <laughs> well, hibernating too hard when we go get our flight to La Rochelle. But yeah, that that could get grisly. Come on, the Omicron. <laughs> Come on, the Omicron. <laughs> Um, yeah, 16, uh, sorry, 23 points to 16 defeats in the end for, for Bath, Tom. As you say, the defeats continue to pile up this season, um, but maybe there's going to be a change. Maybe the internal review that Bath conducted during the, the mm. off um, weeks in the Premiership is going to turn it all around, Tom, because finally they've worked out what we've been saying, you've been saying... A lot of Bath fans have been saying for so long now, how much do you think it costs them to work out they need a defence coach? And why don't they just listen to this free podcast to do that two years ago? Oh, no, I was going to say, I mean, if we we took a cut, if we we even had a pound for every time that we've we've mentioned that. I mean, we wouldn't be doing this podcast anymore. Not that we make any money from this podcast, but we we wouldn't even be in a job anymore. It's been... I think around eighteen months, eighteen when, millions. When when we first identified that, just from a quick look across some of the other Premiership club kind of coaching structures, that we were without a defence coach, and we looked, we 
we look stretched, we look a little bit inexperienced. Um, Neil Hatley was taking on 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 too much, and it's kind of it's it really has kind of I think the word has spread since since that point. And I genuinely think we were the first people to to say this, and it's kind of become such kind of common knowledge now that it's even spread into memes that I've seen about 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 us not having a defence coach. Um, you know, you, you get people coming out now and saying, oh, well, I could have told you that. But I mean, again, I think it's it's been so obvious. You only have to look at the the the, the numbers um, and, and look at the number of psychologists, number of performance analysts that we've got. And no, no, actual, no actual, no actual, no, no actual <laughs> dedicated defence coach. But, you know, ultimately, if it's taken a few tens of thousands of pounds of, of non of genuinely non- how much do you think that cost that these three weeks of review by Ed Griffiths because he's gone now isn't he I don't, I, I don't know the way that the way that I read the, the statement was that you know he, he has consulted Ed Ed Griffiths because I think there were, I, I, there, were, there, were there were some people saying on, on social media that Ed Griffiths was coming in as kind of a you know a longer term presence and maybe he was paving the way to make more wholesale changes at Bath. But I mean the way I read the the the, the McDonald update, I mean he says I also engaged Ed Griffiths on a short term basis to spend time with Stuart, our coaches, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So to me that means that he's he's come in, done a sort of desktop review and then and then and then has gone. But I mean it would have cost uh, ballpark. Hundred grand. I wouldn't be surprised to come in and, and, and spend three weeks and I mean all in all in all costs I mean I have no idea but it, it, it was a lot of money do you think he's literally got to his desk googled Bath Rugby found the podcast listened to one for an hour and just clocked off and gone there you go and, and fallen asleep do you mean yeah <laughs> no, he's uh, yeah <laughs> three weeks but ultimately, later ultimately we're spending tens of thousands whatever it is on a of non-salary cap money and we're arriving at a conclusion however late it is uh, we're arriving at a conclusion that I think is is so clear. Then, for me, that's that's you know that is that is something to to hang your hat on, and this 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 is needed. And let's hope we see a good appointment. Well, that's the that's the key, isn't it? That's that's the next step. You know, they say I can confirm that we will add coaching resource in the area of defence, and news on this appointment will be made as soon as we have confirmed a candidate. Our intention is to seek the right person, someone who can contribute and make an impact this season. That is just the most bath rugby thing, isn't it? Our intention is to seek the right person. As opposed to what? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Whether you know I mean Gustard's a guy that his his name's been been thrown around. Martin Hagg's another guy that I've seen seen mentioned a little bit. Um Michael Checker's one that I've kind of thrown around randomly I mean with no knowledge of, of if that's a possibility um, and that seems to have seems to have gained attraction somehow a bit like Alex Lozowski back in the day uh, but yeah I mean wh- whoever it'll be news on this appointment will be made as soon as we've confirmed a candidate so not not an appointment but but yeah I guess I guess that's just incorrect phrasing but but I just get someone now even if it's for six months and then we get someone properly in the mm. season, just get someone now. Stop messing around because the lack of quality in defence cannot be sustained. Well, the quality, well, the, the the fight we saw against Exeter cannot be sustained without a proper coach. Yeah, albeit if we have to if we have to wait to end of the season for someone like Augustard. but get someone in now to do a short term job. Possibly, yeah, possibly. But I think. 
yeah, possibly. Let, let, let's wait and see. I always think it's interesting how they say this will also facilitate an enhanced focus on our set piece, i.e. Neil Hatley's been spread too thin. Yeah. Mark Lilly's been having to try and run the senior academy and also focus on the set piece. Let's actually define who's who does what and who is accountable for what, and let's be clear on that, and let's let Neil Hatley, who is a forwards coach, focus on, on the set piece. So I think that's that that kind of restructuring of responsibilities is something that I've I've mentioned previously and I think it seems like they're actually they're actually trying to do that. Don't worry Tom, the, the ratio of proper coaches to um, other coaches will be maintained because <laughs> apparently they're looking to also add to our resource within our physiotherapy and performance psychology department. These roles are critical to our performance and the need since September has increased in both areas. So more people on the rugby staff, it looks like, that aren't actually going to be coaching rugby. Is that too cynical of you? I don't think so. I mean, it's 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 definitely clear the need's increased. I mean, we've got more injuries, so physi- physi- physiologically we're weaker, and psychologically we're certainly weaker. I mean, this is our longest ever losing losing run. But I mean, it's so hard for us as fans to know what goes on but isn't that exactly what on the psychology side isn't that exactly what Katie yeah. Warren is meant to have, have, have come in to do um, I think we are one of the few clubs I think Saracens are a notable one but I think we're one of the few clubs that actually has dedicated sports psychologists within the within within the structure so I'm not sure why we're we're, we're necessarily adding or need to add to that to that physiotherapy I mean it's, it's incredibly difficult to to say obviously prevention's prevention's better than 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 cure. Um but ultimately I think a lot of our the players that have been injured have played a really high volume of rugby and just bring in more physios to to work on those guys probably isn't isn't the actual proper proper solution to to the root cause. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's incredibly difficult to know. I'm I'm less fussed about that. Just just get someone in to, mm. to get these guys tackling properly. Yeah. Yeah. And our environment is another area they're going to focus on, which yeah, I've literally no idea what that means. Sounds like COP twenty six, and <laughs> and then the mem- another members event, which I, I, I do think you know is probably going to be quite a difficult one for them to handle, but I think will be appreciated by Bath fans. But I think that the crux of this is clearly the first point, which is the appointment or the they, they've identified the need to appoint a defence coach and. And I guess I'm in a way relieved that that this has happened. You know, I think it's a ridiculous way of going about seeing something which is just so obvious. But I am glad that A, they have tried to identify what the issue is. B, they've made it, you know, relatively public and relatively transparent. Um, And I think that credit to them in a way that that the way they've gone about it and, and, you know, whilst it seems to be so obvious, at least they have told us they're going to employ someone, employed someone, and then showed the the, the, the fruits of, of that labour. And, I, and I, I question whether, Tom, maybe there are slightly more subtle fruits of this labour, of, of Ed Griffiths' work. Um, for example, I think it was noticeable. It was, it was small, but I think it was notable that it was Neil Hatley doing the BT Sport mid-half interview with the commentators, it's always been Stuart Hooper throughout his tenure, which has always struck me as bizarre, given he is actually the coach of the team and, 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 and therefore wouldn't have the best idea of what actually is going on on the field. And I think it being Hatley, 
I'm guessing, of course, but I think that may be a change in responsibility, in um, accountability for those guys, um, and I'd be interested to question that more when we come to that members event, which they have promised us later in the season. Yeah, definitely. I think the media, the the, the front to the media, how we how we appear in public, or how Bath appears in public, is has been something that again we've 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 spoken about a lot. Um, Clubs deal with it in different ways. Some clubs, I mean, Exeter, for example, Sale, they'll have their director of rugby come out. Um, those guys are kind of more involved in the coaching than 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 Stuart Hooper. But yeah, it's 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 always been strange to me that he's the guy who talks to the media. He is apparently the guy that that picks the team. And right at the start, when we spoke about Griff is coming in to do this review, I said one of the things they need to focus on is who does what, why do they do that, and is that the right way of doing it. And and to me, Neil Hatley feels like he's too spread. He, he spread too thinly on the on the playing field. And Stuart Hooper kind of picks up kind of the higher level decisions, the media, the picking of a team. And actually, that 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 shouldn't be his job. His job is is high level squad management, recruitment, retention, and con- contract stuff. And if they've if they've if they've realigned that behind the behind the scenes. Then I think I, th- I think that's a positive thing. I think the other thing that was was obviously uh, not publicised was if there's any kind of indication that there will be a kind of final point where improvement is needed. And the Daily Mail reported that they had been given kind of thirty days by or that come out of Griffiths Review. They'd had thirty days basically to to make improvements before. McDonald and and Craig ultimately started to to look for other people to 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 do the job and I mean some of the reaction from the players and and how much almost heart and desperation almost there was in some of that 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 effort against Exeter part of me thinks that there must be an awareness that that there are jobs on the line and I and I I wouldn't be surprised if if this run of form continues into the new year I wouldn't be surprised if 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 we do start to see kind of quite quite high profile changes as a result. Yeah, that that Daily Mail article was unsurprisingly extremely misleading though by the headline and and I, I think if you actually read it, you know, the the headline says well the 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 introductory bio says Bath coach is given 30 days, but I think the actual content of the article suggested that it was actually Bath players that had been given 30 days to prove their worth. Um, clearly, I'm not exactly sure what that means in terms of contract negotiations, and, and and if you've got a contract, surely that's binding. But I do think that that it being the Bath players told they have 30 days to prove their worth, whilst the coaches are still fighting for their jobs. I do think maybe that suggests or explains the the reaction, perhaps that we saw on on Friday night. But it really shouldn't take that to create that sort of reaction I've just seen some news going completely off topic I've just seen some news f- reported by the the Sunday Times and this this is this is a good bit of good bit of news for for Bath rugby fans that Cam Redpath mm. has has um, made a made a really good recovery better than expected and he he hopes to get the green light to resume full rugby training to allow so, him just before the six nations. Well, no, to allow him to return in early January. Okay. So early January. A couple of weeks before the Six Nations. couple of weeks before the Six Nations, exactly. <laughs> Convenient time for, for Gregor Townsend in Scotland. 
But no, that that is good. Yeah, that's, that's me. I'm being way I too thought, cynical. I thought that was, a, that was a season job for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was halfway through last season that, that he did it, but but yeah, that 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 is that is good news. I mean, not exactly like a position of, of necessary need. Um and yeah, where would where would Max Joma's rugby be if if um Cam Redpath hadn't hadn't picked up this injury? Well at thirteen maybe now. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Um, but no, that is that is um, a positive. And so, thank you, Stand Up Bath, for surprising me with that one as as we're recording. Breaking news as we're recording. Definitely breaking news. Maybe as as you're listening, Tom. Let's move on finally to talk about the upcoming game for Bath on Saturday, three o'clock kickoff at Franklin's Gardens against Northampton Saints. Northampton Saints actually find themselves fourth in the league, and would have pleased you last week with their bonus point victory at Ashton Gate against Bristol. It's not all bad, mate. No, they're fourth. They're fifth now, aren't they? I think extra of extra pushed ahead of them with that that with that win over us. But they've they they've, they've they've played one game game more. Is that right? Uh, I'm not sure that's right, but anyway, let's let's go with it. Yeah, I mean they've. Yeah, any team that that beats beats Bristol is a is, is a friend of mine. <laughs> Although that's turning into way too many too many that's teams team. too many teams this year, apart from us. Um, yeah, I mean North, Northampton are oh, they're always they're always an interesting side. They're always they're almost as flaky as us. I mean Northampton fans probably have almost as high blood pressure and a, and a need for therapy as 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 most as most Bath fans do. But this season, I mean, for the most part, they've been They've they've been playing some 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 pretty good rugby. I mean they've 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 got a pretty exciting young backline, which Chris Boyd, since he has come in, hasn't been afraid to 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 stick out there. Um, we obviously were damn bigger at, at at ten, but I mean some some of the guys in that backline, Alex Mitchell at nine, who's who's been been involved with with England recently, as 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 many of the listeners will know, Fraser Dingwall, Tommy Freeman, who's a very very good. Good winger, um, George Furbank at football, Rory Hutchinson, the the centre who's who's who, who, who plays who plays Scotland as well. So it's a it's a it's a very very talented, and I think they they play with a, a real sense of freedom, which historically, from a Bath point of view, has been has 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 meant a little bit of a of, of a recipe for for disaster. I think they're one of the the top try scoring. Um, Try scoring teams in the league um, behind behind Saracens, no thanks to us and and Exeter as well. Um, so they are they they are a you know a, a, a very exciting exciting team to watch, as I say, and they like to score tries. I think the from our point of view, the main the, the main area we we need to be focusing on is trying to disrupt them at set piece, as we were able to to do against Exeter. Try and get some scrum dominance mm. um, in 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 you know um, particularly in the early part of the game. Try and get on, get on the right side of the the referee and try and slow down the ball for Alex Mitchell, Dan Bigger, etc., so that they're not able to 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 find to find space. Um, I think I think that that that'll be the key area that we're that that, that we're looking at. Yeah, although saying that, Tom, having watched a little bit of the the Bristol Northampton Saints game, albeit against Jake Woolmore and Max, Max Lahey, yeah. 
there was a dominant scrum performance from from Northampton Saints on Friday night at Ashton Gate. Um, Manny Goshen, who who is a young loose head, was um, mm. quite impressive when he in, in his in his few minutes that he was on uh, coming off the bench and and yeah Hill Waller are two very experienced props and 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 I think set piece dominance is maybe a little bit of a, a thing of the past at the moment for for Bath. I, I wish that that was where we were building our game, um, and and yeah there were some signs against Bristol. Uh, sorry, against Exeter, that it was coming back. But as you say, the depth in those areas is is not as strong as maybe it could be. So, so yeah, maybe air on the side of, of of caution, perhaps on that. And and yeah, the back line of Northampton Saints is 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 extremely extremely exciting. And 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 the nine points underdogs Bath are with the with the bookies. Yeah, to me, look, look, looks about the right mark this week. Yeah, they are they are mercurial though. They are they are hot and cold. I mean, just looking at the results this season, I mean they beat they beat Worcester at home sixty six points to ten. Oh, and then the, and, well, and then the following week went had Leicester at Franklin's Gardens and lost twenty six points to fifty five. So I mean, <laughs> you know, I I don't think you ever really see two games of the same from. From from Northampton, I think if you can cl- like any team that wants to that wants to play quick ball, that wants to play in those wide channels, if you can smother them, if you can suffocate them, and 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 slow them down, if you can make it a, a really if Ben Spencer can make it an awkward, horrible night for or, or afternoon for 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 young Alex Mitchell, if he can if he can disrupt the service that Dan Bigger gets and and the guys outside him get, I think. I think I think we can make their life difficult, but yeah, maybe maybe, maybe I'm 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 clutching at, at straws, and I'm I'm kind of talking myself out of 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 making the making the trip up to up to Franklin's Gardens, which I which which I was considering. I think it's the only ground in the in the Premiership now that I've I've not been to, so maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll round that off this this Saturday, G. Yeah, and if if there was relegation, then we may be looking to tick those off the bucket list a, a little bit quicker. We this love Doncaster. Because, I know would would be would be definitely a different season um, if there was relegation because with with Worcester looking like they may have a a winnable game at home against Wasps this season, it, we we could be drifting even further astray from from the pack. And talk, talking talking Wasps, I mean, it could be worse. So thirty thousand. Capacity. Oh, Do you know how many they had in? Five point one, wasn't it? Yeah, terrible, yeah. terrible. Not good. Sea of empty seats um, at Bath. Um, uh, sorry, at um, the Rico for the the Wasps game. So I think that about wraps it up for this podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. So nice to to see you uh, again in person, uh, doing the podcast, of course. And yeah, hopefully, maybe this will bring uh, a change in the fortunes of Bath Rugby as we, we make the trip to Franklin's Gardens. I don't think Tom's going to go. He's talked himself out of it. But if you are going, please enjoy your day and get behind the boys through thick and thin.